Hello, everyone, and welcome on into the Betting Pros podcast. It is time for week six of the NFL season. The time is just flying by, guys. I can't believe we are already five weeks in here. Moreover than that, I can't believe that my Jets are three and two. We don't get three wins until December. I'm feeling good right now, and I'm feeling great because we have a fantastic show for you guys today. Of course, as always, here with me, none other than the Oracle himself, Matt Friedman. And today we have a very very special guest with us from the Around the NFL podcast, Greg Rosenthal. Greg, thank you so much for being here. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, although I can't seem to get away from Jets fan hosts of uh, the podcast I'm doing today. <laughs> That's true. Nope, you are stuck with us. We're everywhere. It's a it's a miserable contingent that finally has something. Not right to enjoy. now. They're feeling themselves. Y'all y'all are into it, and I'm I'm with you, kind of. We'll we'll put a pin in that for later. Yeah, we will, because, you know, this is the time. This is I know what's coming this week. We got Packers minus seven in this game, and this is absolutely we're going to get right off the bat here, starting with that one, because last week I said Miami. No, they're going to they're going to take them down. Two good things can't happen to the Jets in the in a row. Sure enough, it did. But the only thing less likely to happen to the Jets is three good things in a row. I'm shocked that they have a team website because they can't string three W's together. And now you have this chance here as seven point dogs in this game. And I'm looking at it and I'm like, we should be competitive based on how we've played so far this season. We should be competitive in this one. And that means the bottom is about to fall out. Matt, Mm. what do you think in this game? Is it going to be happening here in this spot? Or are they going to be able to cover these? (sighs) If there's any team to be playing right now, it's the Packers, that overtime win over the Patriots with Bailey Zappi, and then you lose outright to the Giants. They're not going – things are not going great in Green Bay right now. Yeah, uh, man, as we talked about previously, I feel like I've been too high on the Packers uh, up until this point in the season. And, you know, I always try to sort of contextualize and explain away why I haven't adjusted them down in my power ratings. It's like, well, they were missing their tackles and though know, they didn't have their number one receiver and their, their top cornerback was out, you know, but like, uh, this is it. Like if they don't do well against the jets, I need to stop making excuses for them. And I've, I've already bumped them down in my power ratings, but this feels like a, I don't know, a come down spot for the jets and a bounce back spot for the Packers Mm. and just, you know, Aaron Rodgers off of, off of a loss is 40, 21 and one against the spread. Aaron Rodgers at Lambeau field is 66, 35 and three against the spread. Aaron Rodgers is a favorite is 97, 66 and three against the spread. Like he is just sort of like, like in that triangulation of Aaron Rodgers sweet spots. And, you know, I, I think a lot of this game does come down to Aaron Rodgers, but uh, I think also it comes down to that Packers defense going against the Jets pass offense, which I think is overperformed. Like Zach Wilson has been somewhat mediocre for the Jets in his two starts. Like he, he's been non-horrible, which is an improvement from where he was last year. But I'm just I'm not buying it. I think the Packers have a clear advantage on defense against Wilson. At least that's what I'm seeing in our our fantasy pros unit power rankings. I have Wilson mm. as the number 26 quarterback in the league. The Packers defense it hasn't it hasn't played up to its potential. But I think it's still it, I have it as the number eight unit. I have the secondary Whoa. as the number four secondary in the league. And it based on what? Based they're, on the players they have, and based on third like, in DVOA, I know they've never they've never played well DVOA. together. I know they have. That's the thing. Like there's still priors built into this. Like they were a good unit last year. You figure that at they some point they weren't that good. That's the thing. They, they weren't that good, and 
They give up a lot on the ground and I'm impressed with the Jets offense. The thing that really strikes me every week is how open guys are. It really looks like the 49ers offense. And I'm I'm not a believer in Zach Wilson yet, um, but he's made a few plays in the last few weeks that's more impressive than anything he did as a rookie. I think he'll probably still kill you, uh, and this could be one of the games that he will. He'll have some really down weeks, but guys are open. And it's like the guys are open like they are in the 49ers offense, except you have a quarterback who can throw a deep out and can create a little... I, I think they're a talented team. Maybe I'm just doing too many podcasts with Dan Hansis, uh, my host. He's convinced me. I don't think these two teams are that different talent-wise. And so seven or seven and a half feels feels like a lot. Like, I wouldn't trust the Jets to win, but I, it just feels like it'll come down to the end and that the Jets will run the ball and kind of keep it close that way. Okay, it feels like a lot. In that, if you focus on only what's happened this year, yeah, but... Well, we're if you, in this year. If you but if you take into account that one of these guys is Aaron Rodgers and one of them definitely is not, in that the Jets last year were horrible and the Packers last year were really good, and we should still take that fact into account. I just think in well, with this that's game why, in Lambeau that's why Field, it's seven points. If it was just off this year, I feel like it'd be three or so. The Packers offense, though, has been getting better each and every week. And so th- that's actually more of my concern if you were backing the Jets is that I think the Packers offense, their struggles have been a little overstated. It's a really good running game. The, the passing yeah. games can get better every week. And it, it wouldn't surprise me if they put 30 up in this game. And then and then you're chasing a yeah. lot of points if you're the Jets. So one, that, I, one I can more see thing. It. One more thing in this, like the Jets offensive line is really banged up. And I know that they got Dwayne Brown back, but they're still without Mekhi Becton, George Fant, Max Mitchell. Uh, I think that Zach Wilson is going to be under heavy pressure from Rashawn Gary and Preston Smith. So I think that will keep the, uh, the sort of 49ers style of offense from functioning at full capacity. I will say there, it, it is certainly not hard to draw the connections as to why they look like the 49ers offense, right. but I, the way I see it, I'm looking at the Patriots and how they were able to just Ramondre Stevenson and Damian Harris their way into overtime in that game. And then the next week you have the Giants, Saquon Barkley. You can lean heavily on him with a gimpy Mac Jones because this team is 30th in rush DVOA on defense. Michael they're Carter bad. and Brees they're bad against the day. run. Yeah. They're, they're bad against the run, and you yeah. know the Jets are going to want to run the football. That's how they're going to help protect Zach Wilson. Again, I am going into this game fully knowing what is going to happen. I already have the final score in front of me, and it is the it is simply the fact that I will bet on the Jets this week because I will tell myself that seven points is too many with a Packers team that can't cover to save their lives and is significantly down from last year, and they are about to blow the Jets out by 40. I know it's coming, and I'm still going to bet on the Jets in this mm. one. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think the Jets can run the way that the Patriots can run and the way that Saquon Barkley can run. That's fair. Although Brees Hall look good. Michael Carter's a good back. They don't have the same line. But at some point, I hear you on the historical trends. At some point, I feel like you got to start seeing it this year. And I think their offense has shown that. But to me, show me the impressive Packers game this year. I guess yeah. the Bears game, and even then, that that wasn't a game. That was one quarter. Yeah, well, and that was they did they did what they had to do, and that was week two. But we're we're three weeks in a row here of just like okay, and I, I just don't see their defense as a particularly cohesive unit. They're always pointing at each other, like oh, what happened? They're not a complicated defense at all. 
they're just sort of a basic, like we're going to play you straight up defense. And yet they make a lot of mental mistakes. And, and I think you can kind of out physical them to use a terrible football term. Uh, so I just don't trust the defense uh, as heavy favorites in any situation. At this All point. that is fair. Just one final item on this, like show me the impressive uh, win. Like I was impressed with them going on the road to Tampa Bay and winning that game. Right, like, but Tampa was missing their top three receivers that right. day. It was defensively, at least, it was yeah. a weird game. That was also the first game they were without uh, Donovan Smith. Now that you know they've tried yeah. to adjust, it was just there was a lot going on. It was defensively. a weird game. It was a weird yeah. game, but winning on the road in that situation, like th- I, I still think that was impressive. I just want to acknowledge the fact that we are in week five of an a week six now of an NFL season in the year 2022. And we're talking about the Jets potentially being on the same talent level as the Packers. This is what I wanted to see from this team. There is a trend upwards. It might be slight, but it is something. This is more hope than I've had in a decade with this team right now. But let's move on to another team that actually kind of had some hope going into maybe not going into this season, but after the first couple of weeks started off real strong and now have slipped the last two games, the Jags going up against the Colts in this one, they're two point two and a half to two point dogs in Indy where they have, they have owned the Colts in the past couple of times that we've seen these two teams play. We saw it earlier this season already. This is an early second matchup, but what do you guys make of the Jags? Is this a team that maybe had a strong start and that was a little bit of a mirage? Or are you saying they lost to the Eagles? Everybody so far has done that this year. It was a monsoon. And then the Texans game, that to me, you can make the case that that's just one of those weird divisional games. They haven't beaten the Texans in four years. That's eight matchups right there, now nine. And it's just those divisional opponents that have your number sometimes. Like how we always see the Cardinals play the 49ers tough and the 49ers, the Rams. Is that the case or is Jacksonville you're going, okay, we need to all pump the brakes on what we saw from this team in the first couple of weeks, Greg. I think offensively you should pump the brakes. Lawrence is a little erratic with his accuracy. I don't think they have receivers that can really win on the outside. Like everything's over the middle of the field. So I think they're a little limited there, but it's a good running game. It's an okay offensive line. I just think that kind of caps their ceiling as like a top 10, you know, really dangerous type of team, but I love them in this game. I mean, this would be one of my favorite picks because I think the, the, attributes that helped them embarrass the Colts last year in week 18 and then shut them out five weeks ago are still there. And it's basically their defensive line is the best group in the game and that the Colts offensive line is a total mess. And yes, the Colts do have two receivers back in this game that they didn't have in week two. Pittman and Pierce are their top two receivers. They'll they'll be more competitive. But at no point in the last four weeks have the Colts really graduated to me from anything but the number 30 you know, 31 offense in the league, number 32. So uh, to me that it's a mismatch there. And I like, I like the Jags defense a lot better than the Colts offense. It's enough to believe like there's a reason they've destroyed them the last two times. I think they're a better team. I think they match up well and I would take them. Matt, what do you think? Yeah, I have like a slight lean towards Indy in my projections, but like, there's no way I'm actually betting it because I feel like, I feel I haven't adjusted them down enough 
in my power ratings. And I know that. And like to Greg's point, I think that matchup in the trenches really does benefit the Jags. Like I've been impressed with their defensive line. And more importantly, I've been horrified by the, uh, the Colts offensive line, which used to be like one of the real strengths of that team. And then now is just uh, it's in fire. So I, I don't want any part of uh, backing the Colts here. Matt, you don't have to answer this truthfully, but who is older, you or Matt Ryan? Uh, me, definitely me. I was, really? yeah, I was at BC when Ryan was there, and oh, actually, no yeah. So he, he, um, he had like friends who lived in the same apartment building. Linemen, some of his linemen lived in the apartment that was right above the one that Eden and I had together, and on <laughs> Saturday nights. They would go in there and they would play like the uh, like Rockstar. Like you remember that game? Yeah. So they would be playing Rockstar till like four in the morning, and Matt Ryan would be up there hanging out with them. And like I didn't, <laughs> I didn't want to go knock on the door and be like, "Hey, you know, you guys, can you sort of like kill it? Like just, you know, I'm trying to sleep." So Eden would go do it. So like that's my that's my impression, or not my impression, but like that's Is that on a game night. Was he playing the next night, the next day? No, this would be after after the game. So oh, okay. it would be after like games game. on Saturday, and then Saturday night they would be partying in the apartment above us. We can't I love how you would just send your now wife, who yeah, for the audience, this is not a physical. You would not describe Eden as physically intimidating in in stature, <laughs> and you're sending up there, her up there to do. It's the not work like I would you. send her. She would will willingly go mm-hmm. up there. On her own. Yeah. yeah, but that should be you stepping up there. But I asked the question because could you honestly say that you would fare that much worse at quarterback right now than what's going on in Indy? Because this is just this is just bad right now. This is now the place where quarterbacks go to die. Yeah, I sure, honestly, this is surprising because uh, I mean, I thought Ryan still had something left Same. after last year, and he didn't look bad in the preseason. Like he didn't look great, but he didn't, he didn't look bad. He looked like sort of Philip Rivers level competent. And that's what I thought we would see within this offense. And we haven't gotten that at all. Now we got, if he was in a different situation, yeah, he'd look different, but he's the last quarterback you want right now um, with that offensive line. And Tony Romo was pretty strong on that point in the, in the game that they upset the chiefs of like, yeah, yeah. He's a veteran and everything, but it's like, hard sledding him picking up this offense and like getting on the same page in terms of protection with his offensive line and things like that, making pre-snap calls. And who knows, that might be a coaching thing. That might just be a, it's a tough fit, but you haven't seen any upswing. That's why I I hear you on a stay away. And look, Vegas has not um, adjusted the Colts down too much either. Then generally each week they're I'm surprised how, uh, they're either favored or, or close to being favored in these games. So th- that surprises me because this season, it seems pretty clear to me the Jaguars are a better team. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of that bias that people still aren't quite ready to get rid of. Guys, real quick, I want to talk to you about Sleeper. Sleeper is the fastest growing fantasy platform today with millions of players. You probably already have a fantasy league on there. My friends and I changed over this year and I absolutely love it. It's a game-changing product unlike anything else in the industry. And now, you can win on Sleeper by playing their new over-under game. It's super simple. First, in any sport, choose two or more players that you like and pick the over-under. For example, rushing yards in a football game or number of points in a basketball game. Then, choose the amount of money you want to enter into the contest. 
If you pick correctly, you can win anywhere from two times to over 20 times the money you put in. The main reason I'm excited about Over Under on Sleeper is that it's the only app where I can join my friends' contests and play together. It's got a built-in group chat where I can see and copy my group's picks with the tap of a button, along with Over Under integrated into the fantasy experience itself. It's insanely fun to ride it out together, so stop what you're doing and download Sleeper now to play their new Over Under game. Have fun with your friends and make some money. Use the promo code BETTINGPROS when you sign up for a Sleeper account today and Sleeper will automatically credit your account $100 to get you started. Terms and conditions apply. See sleeper.com for details. You know, we have a couple games here with some quarterback controversies that are starting to brew that really shouldn't be controversies yet. And yet I feel like we're all just bored. And so we're talking about them. But all of a sudden here, Bailey Zappi and Mac Jones same as the Dak Prescott Cooper Rush thing. You know the actual answer, but then you're looking at what we've seen the last couple of weeks now, and you're starting to hear some of those people saying, oh, hey, maybe Mac Jones isn't it, and maybe they should be riding with Zappy. I don't think that's the case at all, but they are three-point dogs going into Cleveland here. And while I'm no longer giving Bill Belichick the benefit of the doubt where I'm saying, oh, it's Belichick, he'll figure it out, but... I don't trust this Browns team at all. It still goes against my core philosophy of betting football, which is don't bet on teams with an elf on their 50 yard line. And <laughs> I just don't think this Browns team is as good as the stats are kind of saying it. Because if you look at their DVOA, their offensive DVOA is way more impressive than the eye test would lead you to believe. And I think that's heavily Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt here. What do you think about this game, Matt? Yeah, uh, I'm on the Patriots in this spot. Totally appealing to Greg's homerism uh, here with with <laughs> this pick. But you know, Kevin Stefanski, he's eight and sixteen against the spread as a favorite, and like that. Wow, I feel like that actually makes sense. Like when his team is in a situation to play with a lead or like they should be winning a game, they play much more conservatively, and that allows teams to get the backdoor cover and. Uh, I think this is a game where given the run defense, the horrible run defense of the uh, of the Browns, we see Ramondre Stevenson just totally dominate. And both teams are really going to want to run the ball. But the Browns have the worst rush defense uh, out of this matchup because they have the league's worst rush defense. You know, like 32 in rush EPA, 32 in rush DVOA, 32 in adjusted line yards. And, you know, I know no Damian Harris in this game. I don't think it's going to matter. I think that just means more Ramondre Stevenson, who might actually be the better back anyway. I think he's maybe the more complete back. He's the more bruising back. Uh, you know, even though he's a big guy, he still you know, has a three down skill set. He can still catch the ball pretty well. So and by the way, the Browns are number 28 in defensive uh, DVOA against running backs uh, like through the air. So I mm. think whether it's Stevenson on the ground or as a receiver on check down passes, I think he's going to dominate. So uh, with the Patriots relying more on the ground game. I think they keep this pretty close. And uh, I have this at 1.75 versus the two and a half or three that you see in the market. Hmm. Yeah, what I'm you- with you. And it's more of a, I'm on the Pats this week and I haven't been high on them in general this year, but I think you can really see a Patriots like maturation from this team where each and every week they're kind of figuring out what they do well. I actually thought Mac Jones threw it great on the game against the Ravens. He got hurt and defensively they're starting to figure out the rotations. You know, Belichick plays around with personnel. They almost have too many skill position players because none of them are great and they're rotating like nine of them. And I think they're starting to 
maybe whittle that down. I wouldn't be shocked to see way less Nelson Aguilar, like maybe even in an active and more Taekwon Thornton. Jonu Smith getting hurt might not be the worst thing for them. I, I think they will miss Damian Harris just because I think it's better to have two than one. And he's a little more explosive than Stevenson, but you're right. Stevenson could have a monster game. And there's just something about this Browns team and the way that they find ways to lose. And I also have last year's game between these two teams in my head. I I think that's somewhat instructive just because it's the same coaches, yeah. some similar personnel. And that was 45 to seven and Belichick just like gave it, gave it to Stefanski. Now, I know this might surprise you guys because it's very out of character for him, but Bill Belichick has been very non-committal about Mac Jones's injury status here so far. Limited in practice today, but we don't know who's starting at quarterback. Is that going to affect anything for you guys or is the difference kind of marginal? It's not like Mac Jones is Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady or Lamar Jackson where you're going to be like that's a significant adjustment to the line. Again. It is a, it is a significant adjustment. Like one is a third string rookie quarterback, and one was a guy who was taken in the first round, who is you know like uh, a championship winning quarterback in college, and who did pretty well as a rookie last year. Like there's a significant difference, but I think it's going to be zappy. And if it's not, then it's just like best case scenario. If it actually ends up being Mac Jones, if he's healthy enough to be on the field, this line would easily move towards the Patriots if he played. So. Uh, I, I think it's zappy, but if it is, if it is Mac, then even better at getting the bet now. I don't think people who have been on this zappy train and it's happening locally too. So that's disproving what I'm about to say is like, did you guys watch, did they watch the games? Cause he's kind of playing on easy mode. He was seemed very confused in the first game, but he was coming in off the bench last week. No one got near him in terms of a pass rush from Detroit on the times where they did do play action. It was mostly running like, Mac Jones is a much better player. And yet I, I think the Patriots have a real chance to win this game. I like them to win this game, even with Zappy. So if Jones was in, then yeah, it's gravy. And I would like him even more. Yeah. I, I'm not, I'm not saying that experts or people who are learned in the football realm are saying Zappy should be the option instead of Mac Jones. I'm saying that it is the zeitgeist of the general Twitter conversation among the masses. You know, your uninformed average uh, NFL fan, your Jerry Jones type. That's that, that's who I'm saying is making that kind of opinion there. Fair enough. You, you're throwing know. it out there, though, so you got to take ownership. That's you. Hey, I, I am just reporting the facts, my friend. I am reporting the facts of the situation. And the situation also has the Panthers as 10-point dogs going into Los Angeles. I almost said St. Louis there. But they're going in to play the Rams this weekend. And do you give any credit to the new coach or at least the fired coach bump? Uh, it's, not, it's not like they've upgraded. Steve Wilkes is at the helm now, which means Josh Rosen might start this week. But... Uh, <laughs> I can't I don't want to lay 10 with the Rams right now because they have not done anything to inspire me lately. But the Panthers are not great. Now you want to talk about backup quarterbacks here. P.J. Walker coming in this game. The only that that might actually be a case where maybe he can go out and be better than Baker Mayfield, though. What do you think? I like the Panthers to uh, to keep it closer just on the principle. I, I guess I don't have many principles, but, you know, I do the picks every week on NFL.com and. It's like, don't give bad teams points. It's the NFL, like a ton of points. And the Rams are a bad team. I mean, they're one of the worst offenses in the league right now. And I think they can coach around it. But it's to me, it's very interesting to see the comparison to a week ago 
where the Panthers were only six and a half point underdogs to the 49ers, who to me are just clearly a superior team right now on both sides of the ball to the Rams, defensively and offensively. I think the Rams defense is fine. That's why I think the Rams will probably, you know, win this game. Uh, but the Rams offensive line is a mess and they have more injuries again this week. It's Brian, Brian Allen's like injured again. David Edwards is in the concussion protocol. Like they haven't fixed things and the Panthers defensive personnel is okay. It worries me. JC Horn might not play in this game and he's their best player in the secondary and they lost Jeremy Chin. So they have a lot of injuries too. It's like, this wouldn't be my first pick in general, but I would feel much comfortable not giving 10 and a half points to this Rams team. I say Steve Wilkes gives them a little boost. He fired the defensive coordinator. Their defensive personnel is okay. Like they can hold the Rams under 20. And then at that point, it's like, you got to win 17 to six, which is possible, but it's like, I don't, I don't know. I, I wouldn't be picking that. I'd pick the Panthers. My problem is Ben McAdoo's key card is still working in that facility. And that's a big red flag for me. <laughs> been ugly it's been tough watching the panthers offense i'm with you and the, and the rams defense is fully capable of carrying them for a week they played fine last week for instance against the cowboys matt any thoughts on this one yeah we talked about this on tuesday and i think at that time the line was 11 and a half and we were talking about god this is such an ugly game but it feels like one that i'm destined to pick now that it's gone to 10 i i really don't want any part of it and part of me is like oh man i didn't get that closing line value i, I should have grabbed it at 11 and a half and i'd be feeling really great right now except uh, i wouldn't feel great because i would be betting on the panthers which uh like in theory like there's i think i think this is the right side i think greg is right like I have this projected at 9.25. And yeah. so I probably should have bet it at 11 and a half, especially through the key number of 10. That would have made sense based on the numbers. But I, this is just such a disgusting team. And like I, I really think that they are one of the worst <laughs> units in the league. And as bad as Baker Mayfield, as bad as he has been, I think he's been the worst quarterback in the league. He still might be better than PJ Walker. You know, like... I think Walker isn't a huge step down, but he, he might be, you know, like maybe this team is actually even worse than we think. Like maybe they just start the tank now, you know? So I kind of don't want to be on a team that looks like it's the front runner for the number one pick, you know? So I don't know. I like, I, I see Greg's side and I think, I think it is the right side overall. It's just, I didn't have the fortitude to do it. It's also hey. the same time as the chiefs bills game. So it's like, you yeah. really want to be distracting yourself with this nonsense. <laughs> yes, exactly. And you know, you bring up a great point there because from a battle of just an absolutely horrible offense with a horrible quarterback to going to one of the best units in the league here in their game, the Seahawks are taking on the Cardinals and the goat Geno Smith is a two and a half point home dog in this contest. It's the second straight bird matchup for the Cardinals, which I think is definitely something worth mentioning there. Um, the Cardinals and the Seahawks, we talked about it earlier with the division rivals that the familiarity, they play each other tough. The Cardinals normally give the Seahawks a pretty decent game, but that was back when the Seahawks were good. And then now the Seahawks are just suddenly good again this season, despite no one thinking that they could be. It, it, can Gino Smith sustain this for any reasonable length of time? Yeah, I mean, great. I know you're the uh, the world's foremost Geno Smith backer, but uh, I mean, I'm I'm not I'm not far behind. I'm not far behind. It's a good yeah. spot. It's uh, I've I've cashed it. I don't want to cash in those chips, but I feel like now is the time to do it. 
Yeah, I mean, he's top three in a lot of different metrics that you would look at. Even going back to last year, like when he made three spot starts for Russell Wilson. Yeah, he was top. he's top three with an 8.5 adjusted yards per attempt, composite EPA and completion percentage over expectation. He's top three there. I mean, like it's, uh, it's his kitchen and he's cooking in it uh, in a way that Russell Wilson never was able to do. And for the season, the Seahawks, their top four in most passing efficiency metrics, drop back EPA, drop back success rate, pass DVOA. And they're going against a Cardinals defense, Tom, as you mentioned, that's really bad. Bottom six in all of those metrics. Mm. And he's got, you know, I think a top 10 pass catching unit, you know, anchored with DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett going against a totally outmatched secondary. And, you know, as wild as wild as this is to say, because Kyler Murray is the better, like objectively, he is the better quarterback, right? Like, I think he's cleanly a top 10 quarterback. Gino, as well as he's played, he, I don't think you can like put him in the top 10 yet. But Smith has been every bit as good as, uh, as Murray and maybe better than Murray through five games. And I think that's because of the playmaking support he gets from his receivers and the play calling support he gets from his coaches because Kyler Murray hasn't gotten any of that play calling support. It's basically in the second half when it's like, hey, Kyler, go do something. And whenever the Cliff Kingsbury shackles have been taken off of uh, Kyler Murray, that that Cardinals offense is finally able to do something. So I do like the Seahawks in this spot if the numbers... Wow. If the number's three, if the number's two and a half, wherever you're seeing them, I think this is a pick em. Like, I think this should just be straight up pick em. So I do mm. like the Seahawks a lot in this spot. Ooh, you're making me feel better about this one. This was one where I would be a stay away. I just don't have any feel. Like, the eye test to me says the Cardinals have improved on both sides the last couple of weeks, that they're getting it together. And that's like a low bar, but they just seem like a more average operation on both sides that it, it's not a lot of deep shots offensively, but they won really you know, G, a, Kyler really won from the pocket against Carolina, which I thought was good. It wasn't him kind of making things up as he go along. They were very competitive last week, their defense, which I thought was just a tire fire to start the season. Definitely looks better with JJ Watt back. And now they're playing Simmons again, uh, full time. And he just like look okay. And I've become a, Seahawks fan this year because of Gino and it does worry me like Gino can't play much better than he's played the last three weeks you, you said like you, you said he's better better than Kyler well yeah for sure I mean he's been better than God he's been better than like the really the only quarterbacks you could make a case that have been better than him this year are Josh Allen and uh, Mahomes and maybe Hurts and Lamar um, but like that's it like that's that's the whole list and yet the last three weeks like you lose to the Falcons you scrape by against the Lions in a game in the 40s and you lose to a kind of a bumbling Saints team so it's like he's having to play at that high a level just for those results like is is bothersome to me because is he going to stay at that level forever that's a it's a lot to ask I ended up picking the Cardinals in this game uh but I don't feel good about it either way I I just feel like they have a little more talent the, the Seahawks defense just seems yeah it's like the, I just have a hard time picking them in any game because of their defense. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I get that the Lions are the highest scoring team in the league right now, but you let them without Amon Ra or DeAndre Swift put up 45 points on you. That's a red flag. It, <laughs> right. That, that, right. That's not ideal in any sense. Although, who knew? We all thought that this Seahawks team was gearing up for a tankathon, and it turned out that Pete Carroll just knew that he had to get rid of Russell Wilson and bring in a quarterback who could actually handle the pass-heavy offense he wanted to put out there the whole time. Oh, no. <laughs>
Guys, real quick, remember when you're looking for free picks and sports betting advice, bettingpros.com has you covered with tips from over 150 experts to make it easy for you to cash out. Download the app to get sports betting alerts. You'll get notified of favorable bets based on line movements, consensus picks from the most accurate experts, and vetted systems in play. Betting Pros monitors all of the major sports books' most accurate experts and top systems to identify the best betting opportunities. So download today in the Apple or Google Play stores. Now the next game up here, guys, bothers me that this is the primetime game and not the Bills-Chiefs game, which we'll get to after, but I do understand why. I understand the rules of networking and how uh, the Chiefs-Bills game was 1,000% protected from this, and so NBC was like, oh, well, let's get the Eagles and the Cowboys and force-feed everybody, and at least good NFC East matchup this time around instead of some of the ones that we've had to endure over the past couple of years here. But the Eagles are laying six right now in this spot against the Cowboys. Looks like it's still going to be Cooper Rush. Dak Prescott's trying as hard as he can to get back on the field here. He reminds me of a story my dad would tell me of the time when he was in high school playing football and he broke his arm and he cut off the cast with a sawzall so he could play in the big game against Seton Hall that week. And they got destroyed, but he scored the only <laughs> touchdown. But that's what that's what Dak Prescott's doing right now. He's seeing Cooper Rush out there winning games, and he's like, oh, God, I got to get back on the field no matter how bad my hand is right now. Can the Cowboys do something here? The Eagles, they're they're obviously one of the great teams right now. They're, they're the only 5-0 and team. I do think these birds are real, but I, I am not too optimistic because they aren't that great against the spread. They're letting teams back into games. Six points feels like a lot in this spot against the Cowboys team that has not been bad, even without the quarterback. Yeah, I uh, I mean, I'm on the Eagles in this spot, but I, I first bet it at five. <laughs> I bet it in the look-ahead market. I, I don't, wouldn't touch it at six. So, you know, I will stay away from it at the current number, but I do have this projected at 6.75. So, you know, slight lean at this current number towards the Eagles but it's not like I'm rushing out to bet it at this point. Yeah. I'm a little worried here as, as you were talking, my first instinct, and it feels like probably what the public's going to think too, is like six is too much to give uh, to the Cowboys. Like the Cowboys are too good to to be. It actually gets worse now. I just checked the line. It's moved to six and a half. Okay. So I guess I'm wrong. Maybe people are going for the Eagles. I, uh, I don't really know, but because my first instinct is just like, that's too much. The Cowboys have just earned my respect. Uh, but I also could see this as a spot where Eagles are at home. I don't think they played their best last week. Uh, they they are capable of of running right through that Cowboys defensive line. They're so good rushing the passer, but they haven't placed, played against an offensive line this good. What makes them good is that they have four guys who can do it. I mean, Lawrence yeah. and Parsons, that's the best tandem there is, yet... Odigizua is getting after it and like Dante Fowler was getting in the mix last week. They really have four or five guys. Uh, Armstrong has been good for them. So it's a great matchup up front. Uh, It's just hard to imagine Cooper rush and then winning the battles on the outside. James Bradbury's played great. So I'm kind of talking myself out of my first instinct, which in in the one that's on NFL.com, which is Cowboys, I think losing by five, like I, I pretty much played it right down the middle, but but keeping it under that six number just because their defense is so good. But I, my heart's my heart's not in it. If I think if I if I was forced to actually uh, put money on it, and I'm not allowed to, I work for the NFL, so it's all hypothetical for me. I'd probably feel better about the Eagles ultimately if I had to pick one. 
I hate laying decently large points with a divisional with a divisional matchup. Like it just feels like in the NFL, when you have familiarity with your opponent like that, you're you're so much more prone to this game being closer than you think, just because these teams. Well, although there is like track track records, I do think matter in this case, and I could be wrong, but I feel like the Eagles have did a nice job uh, last year against Syria against the Cowboys, but might be talking out of my butt. Yeah, I mean, and to Tom, to your point about divisions, you know, like home field advantage doesn't well, mean got, as I, much. I couldn't have been more wrong. Games. I want to correct myself. The Cowboys smoked them twice. Once was when <laughs> they rested their starters in week 18, so it means nothing. But they did smoke them early in the season uh, before the Eagles got going. So I'm an idiot. I just wanted to correct myself. So, All right. Thanks for, th- th- thanks for the update there. We'll let it slide on you this time. you got a lot to think about. You don't have to worry about the Cowboys and the Eagles matching up because let's face it, that hasn't been a matchup worth looking at for a little while. We could we could edit that out, but we won't. We're just going to no. leave it the way it was. Yeah, I'm fi- I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that. It's a different Eagles team though, but I wouldn't feel I wouldn't feel good. This Cowboys team is too good. I feel like they're like this is not one of those NFC East matchups. This is a great matchup to yeah. me. These are if I was doing power rankings, like considering Dak will come back, I would say these are two of the most you know three or four most likely teams to make the Super Bowl in the NFC. I would, I would put them in that group, right? Okay. Let's, that's an interesting statement. Let's Tom, we're going to go on the little side road here. Yeah, let's unpack open that. Up for us. Yes. Okay. So three or four most teams in the NFC to make the Super Bowl. Yeah. All right. So let's assume that Tampa Bay is up there, mm-hmm. right? So yeah. Okay. <laughs> no, yeah. See, and obviously Seattle. I don't know if yeah, I, am I assuming your... Tampa Bay. They've they've got some issues. The Eagles certainly. I'm assuming they're up there because they were my Super Bowl yes. championship pick before the year, which is feeling good right now. Yeah. So you have, but you know, you have the Eagles and the Cowboys up there, assuming the normal return of Dak Prescott. Uh, so Tampa Bay would be in the running to be in the top four. San Francisco would be in the running to be in the top four. Uh, you know, but then after that. Green it gets Bay. a little it gets a little dicey. Yeah, I would have Green Bay up there, but some people want it based on how they've looked. So I would far. have them fifth. So that the list you just said would have been my list. I would have had mm-hmm. the Eagles first, and I would have the Cowboys. And it's a you know, if, whoever wins that division, I mean this is a big game. It yeah. is really important because the out of division schedule is good. And then San Francisco would probably be next, and then Tampa would be would be you know tampa and the nfc east loser probably dallas would be fourth you know third and fourth for me okay i I still maintain my preseason take that the 49ers are a bad football team i don't know no i just i will never i will never trust them they managed to luck box themselves out of every situation the defense very real uh my my take was mostly based off of the fact that i don't trust trey lance at all obviously that ship is now sailed but Jimmy G is still not a good quarterback and you're still winning games in spite of him and not because of him. And that keeps them from being a team that can really ascend to that top level for me. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I don't know. I think, I think Garoppolo is uh, serviceable within the Shanahan scheme. Like, yeah, I don't think he would work well with a lot of other coaches, but I think he's good enough within that system. Yeah. There's a reason no one else wanted him. Well, the injury too, that didn't help. Yeah, but still, uh, he, the, the team is better with him at the helm than Trey Lance. I'll give them that. The people preseason who were going, oh, this is a Super Bowl team with Trey Lance. No, you ain't. You're not a Super Bowl team with well, a quarterback. I wanted to like see that. it at least. I don't think we can like, 
we know we haven't seen anything. We we don't know. We don't know. But I I think it's worth noting like people gave Baker so many passes last year for playing through that injury. I mean, Jimmy Grappolo was playing through an in, injured shoulder that required surgery and he played the worst football of his life, I would say. Uh and they still almost made the Super Bowl. Yeah. So if you just get like, I think you can get a better version of Jimmy G, which is still boring. And I agree with you. I'd probably put them a tick below the top teams because of him. But to me, they would be in the, the rest of the team is so good. I, I love their offensive, you know, pass catchers that they would be in that like three to four range for me in the NFC. And the, but the Cowboys would too. I, the Cowboys have probably like improved their odds in my mind. Of, of making a playoff run more than just about any team because of because of how they've looked yeah right. they've, they've looked good. greg quick yeah quick aside here so dak prescott coming back what do you think the difference is in terms of like points added to the team between dak prescott and cooper rush would you say four points five points yeah that seems like what a quality starting quarterback difference to a good backup would be i think i think it's very significant i'm not yeah. really projecting forward that dak's going to struggle because he struggled in week one i'm i'm looking at what they've done offensively and being encouraged that you put dak in there and it's going to be better and hopefully better than it was at, down the stretch last season too yeah so i'm i'm eyeballing this now looking at my power ratings and i think it's five points um but cooper rush's recent play has made me reevaluate that just a little bit but i think it's five points and if we add that five points of Dak coming back to this team, then yeah, I think they are probably power rated above the Rams, above the Packers, close to the 49ers, not quite to the level of the Eagles, but they're in that mix. With Dak, yeah. they are in that mix. The defense, the defense is really real. improved too. Yeah. yeah. It's crazy. They uh Parsons is like a transformational guy, and they have great continuity and youth at the same time in the secondary. And Quinn is like, he's just mixing it up. I think they have not that they're Patriots at all, but their defense reminds me a little bit, the, the sweet spot when you have a good coach and you have youth and continuity at the same time, so you can do a lot of things changing what you're going to do week to week. And they've been, I think very difficult to prepare for, but they also haven't played, like I said before, great offenses or great offensive lines. So this, this week will be a, a great test. Yeah, it's interesting you say good coach though, because let's face it, Mike McCarthy hasn't been making positive headlines since his rival. No, I'm talking more Dan Quinn in this specific case, but they've been pretty well coached overall this year. You got to give it to him. Now, bringing it all the way back from our aside, from our aside, from our aside, the final game that we want to talk about here: the Chiefs and the Bills. This is, of course, the second biggest matchup of the week behind the Commanders Bears matchup that won't really be relevant by the time this show comes out, but. Chiefs Bills. This is an AFC championship preview in most people's minds here. And the stakes are very, very real because odds are the winner of this game is the one who gets to host that game, most likely. Or at least maybe not most likely, but you know, that's yeah. on people's minds right now. The Chiefs are getting two and a half at home in this one. And I mean, I get it. The Bills are a buzzsaw, but they're a buzzsaw that's got a few broken little blades in there on the secondary that can be exploited. I mean, it feels like it, we're destined for a barn burner here, and we're all hoping that this is just exactly like that playoff matchup last year. But where are you guys going? I have a hard time take. I have a hard time not taking points with the Chiefs, 
and I have a hard time betting against the Bills, and it's making me not know where I want to go in this. Greg, any thoughts? I don't have a strong feeling. I would definitely stay away. I'm with you that my first instinct was just like Mahomes as a home underdog. I'm just by principle on a game that I don't have a good feel for would take that. But it's also one of those, okay, I'm taking that. But in my heart, I I feel like I know the Bills are a better team overall, that they're more balanced, that their defense is absolutely better uh, than the Chiefs defense. And so I don't feel good about it whatsoever but forced to choose i still would probably lean mahomes but it's like most games you think okay mahomes what an advantage and he's playing at an mvp level these are the two top mvp candidates i would say through five weeks so you don't even feel like you have a big advantage at quarterback which is crazy i can't remember if it was this show's tuesday episode or a show that i was editing with you matt and pat fitzmorris on where someone made the point about andy reed and the chiefs that some games it feels like they have two playbooks. They have the yeah. we're going all out playbook and the we don't want to show anybody anything playbook. Yeah. And it feels like the Raiders game was the we don't want to show anybody anything because we've got a big game against the Bills next week. Matt, yeah. how much are you factoring that into saying, okay, the Raiders game on Monday night, maybe that was a little bit of a fluke. That was the Raiders really getting up for that game. And the other factor is how do you think that the short rest going into playing the Bills is going to matter? I mean, I think it matters. Uh, I've taken that into account in in my projections. I have this, I don't know, it's disgusting and I'm probably wrong, but I do have the Chiefs as a slight favorite. I have them as a one-point favorite here. And my galaxy brain is just like, okay, Patrick Mahomes, I still think he's the number one quarterback in the league. Josh Allen is, is right up there, but I think Mahomes is still slightly the better quarterback. I think Andy Reid, uh, even though he has questionable decision-making at times. In terms of a schemer, he's unrivaled. I think he's the better coach in this game. Uh, and they're going against a defense that has at least been injured to this point. They might get a number of those players back, but they're still without their number one cornerback, Tredavious White. They're still without their free safety, Micah Hyde. Uh, you know, and there's no guarantee that some of those other guys in the secondary end up coming back this week. So, yeah, if you give me the opportunity to take Patrick Mahomes as an underdog, I will do it. He's 7-0-1 against the spread as an underdog. He's he's literally Oof. undefeated against the spread as an underdog. Like, any time that the market has looked at Mahomes and said, no, nah, we're going to go against him with this other guy, the market has been wrong. Were they so, were they in the playoff game last year? I'm trying to think. They definitely were favored against the Bills in week five last year, and the Bills smoked them. So yeah. that, you know, that having that history that like, okay, we've seen it. And that was, they had that game plan that made everyone question, what are the Chiefs going to do to fix things? And I think the chiefs last year has been in part almost like reacting to that game in that defensive style. And they've become very good at it. They are a good station to station offense when they need to be, they're better at run running the yeah. ball. When I saw the injury report, cause my initial pick was chiefs. I needed to put it in even before the first injury reports out. And like so many bills are coming back for this game. It got me thinking like, I don't, I don't know. Like yeah. my head says bills, even though my heart says chiefs because Poyer is likely back. Yeah, Dawson Knox is likely back. Isaiah McKenzie is likely back. Ed Oliver has been back. I think Jordan Phillips, their defensive lineman. So it, that's like a lot of players yeah. they are getting back. And Poyer, especially, to have one of their starting safeties is, is important. So I, I think they're a better team. And yet, I because of everything you said, 
uh, I wouldn't pick. I would take the Chiefs still in the end. Yeah, and I think I think Kelsey makes a big difference in this game. Like, obviously, he's the number one pass catcher for that offense. And I think, uh, you know, he had success last year going against the Bills. Um, let's see. Yeah, 153 yards and two touchdowns last year uh, in two games against the Bills on 19 targets. And there's just something about the way that the Bills are constructed on defense. Like, they have a good defense, but they're still 17th in defensive uh, success rate, drop back success rate. Like they are allowing teams to to like just get little chunk gains on them through the passing game. And like that really aligns with what the Chiefs are doing this year. So I don't know. It, it feels like it's like you hear about like bend but don't break defenses. Like the Chiefs have a break them by bending them type of offense. And I think mm. they're going against the a defense that will allow them to move the ball down the field. This is, I I really just can't wait to watch this game. I don't think that I'm going to be able to put a bet in. I think you're right, Matt. I'm inclined to go against, uh, I'm not inclined to go against Mahomes. I'm inclined to bet on him when I'm getting some points with him. Part of me wants to take the under in this one because the total's at like 54 right now. And that just feels like a potential play where, you know, if, if if the if we have a period of time in the game, like third quarter, where things just slow down a little bit, you maybe have like a, a turnover in the red zone or two. All of a sudden, you're staring down the battle barrel of a big sweat to get over in the fourth yeah. quarter. <clears throat> yeah, I but then they it. scored 25 points in two minutes, like they did at the end of that playoff game. And yep. you're right; it, they they could slow the pace down with like a bunch of long drives, but. That that game alone, and 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 look, the regular season one last year when the Chiefs' offense was struggling, still went over that number as thirty-eight to twenty. Like I don't know, I just would be not wanting to root against points in the fourth quarter of this game. It would feel yeah, I couldn't, yeah, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. It's such a high <laughs> number, and and the Bills with their defense and then their ability to control the ball and offense, they have been an under team this year. But hmm. I just still can't. I still can't do it. It wouldn't mm-hmm. it wouldn't shock me if the, the Bills pass rush was the def- difference in this game and they win because of that. And it's not that crazy a score to your point, because that's I, I mentioned the Cowboys changed how I thought weirdly the, the Bills have changed how I thought going into the season, I think more than any AFC team because their pass rush is just absolutely for real. And it wasn't there. It was why they lost this game a year ago. Um, and it's so good. So, like, to me, their defense is even better than I expected long-term. Even even if I don't feel strong about this game, I feel like they're, they, I just can't, they're just going to be such a tough out in the playoffs. Yeah, this is, I mean, this is going to be a great game. This is a pre-preview of hopefully what we get as a rematch in the postseason. I'm excited to watch it. I'm not particularly keen on betting it, though. But, guys... That is going to do it for us, Greg. Thank you so much for the time today. We have definitely kept you long enough here, but where can people find you and the great work you're doing around the internet? Yeah, check uh, the Around the NFL podcast. And uh, I also do a podcast with my comedian friend. His name's Anthony Jesselnick. It's called the Jesselnick and Rosenthal Vanity Project. And that's uh, that's a lot of fun. I just try to stay out of his way while, while he's funny. So you can check out that too. <laughs> he is a fantastic comedian. I, lo- I love both of your works on both the podcast and the Around the NFL Network, uh, Around the NFL podcast. Absolutely a pleasure to have you here with us today. Of course, Matt F. The Oracle on Twitter. You can find him and his fa- and his uh, all of the fantastic content that you're doing as well, Matt, right? 
Yeah, I mean, I don't know if I'd say it's fantastic, but it's good enough. It's good. I'm, I'm a top 10 ranker right now in the Fantasy Pros contest. So that's uh, that's not Look nothing. At that. so Look happy at with that. that. Yeah. Not nothing at all, guys. That's going to do it for us. Thank you so much for listening today. And of course, let's cash some tickets this weekend.